And now the show that's all about real estate and a little bit about everything else. Hosted by two guys that are too embarrassed to admit in public how long they've been investing in real estate. It is the Investor Guys podcast with host Bill Barnett and Kevin Mills. Hello and welcome to the Investor Guys podcast. I'm Kevin Mills and this gentleman next to me, the master of the mic, is Wild Bill Barnett. How you doing, buddy? Well, it's good that it wasn't the master of disasters. So. <laughs> that I think some other people hold that that title already. So yeah, we're I just we're just laying on disasters. <laughs> so uh, you know, the other day we were yakking about um, where here we are. It's um, you know we're we're inching toward uh, mid June and. Um, at the end of the month, if nothing changes between now and then, all of the moratoriums on foreclosure and eviction are going to go away. And, and I've, I've read a bunch of stuff about um, a, a bunch of people are predicting massive uh, uh, real estate chaos. Um, and so, as you know, I used to own a mortgage company. and. Um, one of the things that came out of that was um, DS News, which is Direct Servicer. Uh, it's a digital magazine for the mortgage industry. And I've kept up with that through the years because I love the information that comes out of it. And you can always get uh, the real truth. It's not an opinion thing. They, they just report what's going on in the industry. Um, <clears throat> They had a great article a few days ago about the, uh, as the politically correct way to say foreclosure, we're going to throw your butt out on the street is forbearance. Um, and so about the lift that's going to happen at the end of the month. And because of there being so much misinformation out there, I thought that'd be a great thing for us to talk about today. And so if you want, we'll jump right into that. Yeah, let's jump into it. Let's. Uh, it's something that's going to affect not just the foreclosure market. Um, it's going to affect us as investors because uh, if foreclosures flood the market, obviously it's going to affect the value of properties. Uh, it's going to affect the value, the ability of us to actually find property. So good and bad. So if foreclosures flood the market, then we're going to have a lot of people focusing on foreclosures and not focusing so much on some of the other strategies, which means yep. it opens up other strategies for us. Uh, if, you know, the values go down because foreclosures are flooding the market, then that affects us. It, there's so many different ways that this affects us. So, yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about this. I think it's um, it's going to be a blip in the market. So um, some straight numbers coming out of, again, out of DS News. Uh, as of Tuesday, June 1st, 2.12 million or 4% of the mortgaged property um, remain associated with some form of COVID-19 forbearance program. And then it breaks down by the different types of loans um, that are with that. 4% is not a big number. Obviously, if you hear, oh my gosh, there's gonna be 2 million homes um, that may be on the market, um, that, that's not a big number. And that number, the 4% number, the 2 million sounds like a gigantic amount of foreclosure. You take 2 million properties and you spread it across the country and not that big a deal. That's assuming 
that all two million of those are going to be foreclosed on, and they're not going to be. Uh, a lot of those loans, the mortgage companies are going to, if they've had a decent history or a good history prior to COVID, the mortgage company, it's an internal decision. They don't have to ask anybody to do this. They can just go say, hey, you know what, uh, Mr. and Ms. Jones, um, we've had your mortgage for eight years. You've been paying great until all this COVID craziness happened. Now that that's back and you're back on track, um, we're not going to demand that you pay these four, five, six, ten, whatever months that you have that you're behind. What we're going to do is we're going to take those payments and tag them on the end of your note. And what that does for the mortgage company, when it resets the mortgage, uh, resets a, a word we've been hearing a lot of in the last year, but it resets the mortgage, gets them back into a current non-defaulted state. Uh, and this is a stroke of a pen. This is not, the, they can do this without any money being paid. Uh, if the homeowner says, gee, you know, yeah, we had a, a great track record up until then. We love the house. We want to stay in the house. We have the ability to start making our payments again. Uh, and they'll say, okay, fine. Uh, we're going to put that on the back end of the note. And as long as those people, uh, and they may say, hey, you know, we need to make sure that uh, the next three payments or the next six payments or some number are, are absolutely on time. And as long as they are, then everything is is copacetic. We're good to go and, and enjoy your home. So a portion of those that's going to happen too. there's going to be a portion where some people are going to be able to catch up. They may not be able to stroke a check today for seven payments, but if they can come in and say, well, I can do two payments today. Um, they say, okay, fine, we'll give you another 30 days. What can you do in 30 days? You know, I can make two more or whatever. Um, there's going to be some workout plans like that established. Uh, so this whole two million number uh, that a lot of people are um, creating fear out of or worry out of, uh, don't. And even if all of them hit, look when they're hitting. They're hitting right in the middle of summer sale season, end of June, hottest time, June, July, August, always the hottest time of the year in the real estate business. So a lot of them are gonna get absorbed. There's so much demand right now uh, in both of our states for, for inventory. And this is gonna create um, a little bit of an easing effect on the inventory demand, a little cooling off effect from it's not going to push prices down, in my opinion. Now, the biggest thing I think that's going to happen is it'll level prices out a little bit. Now, it'll just top them for a little while. And it depends on how quickly uh, whatever this number is gets absorbed. But remember, we're talking about 4% of the market. Uh, so it's not going to have... Uh, it's not going to collapse the real estate market. I heard a guy talking about that, and I just wanted to reach up and slap him. You know, like, get real, you know. But you and I as investors, we have to do our own research. So when we see things, we got to know where can I go to find out what the real number is? Where can I go to make sure that what I'm getting is just facts, and I can make my own determination from there? And I'm not hearing somebody that's um, 
preaching gloom and doom and chaos and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, so your decisions are only as good as the information you have to make those decisions with. So if you have poor information or you don't have all the information or you only have one side of the story, uh, you're not able to make the right decision, let alone the best decision. Uh, so absolutely. And we keep talking about numbers all the time. Bill and I both buy the number, buy the number, buy the number. So this is one of those examples where you need to look at the numbers. In this case, it's statistics. Okay. Look at the actual real numbers. This wasn't an opinion that Bill was stating. This is the actual statistics as of last month, probably. June, you know? Yeah. As of Tuesday, June 1st. Right. So take the information, everything that you can get that is as factual as possible. I mean, you can listen to whispers. You can listen to opinions. You can listen to thoughts. You can listen to ideas. Absolutely. See how those play into the actual facts that you're getting. See how that plays into the direction that you're seeing and weigh those options and then make your decisions. Now we're up on a break, but we've got more when we come back. So we'll see you in just a minute. Are you ready to learn the strategies, numbers, and formulas that are so powerful they will turn you into a real estate investing millionaire guaranteed? A program that is so powerful, we offer a double your tuition back guarantee if it does not make you into a millionaire. www.guaranteedmillionaireblueprint.com forward slash webinar. Learn how you can be a guaranteed real estate investing millionaire with powerful investing strategies, formulas, and numbers. www.guaranteedmillionaireblueprint.com forward slash webinar. The Real Estate Buyers events hosted by Bill Barnett and Kevin Mills are the most powerful way to put high-performing investment properties into your portfolio. Investment properties that exceed 50% or greater annual ROI in markets where Bill and Kevin have actual real estate investing experience. Get the resources Find people on the ground to add to your team at the next Investors Real Estate Buyers Event. You can find out more information at realestatebuyersevent.com. That's realestatebuyersevent.com. We'll see you there. And we are back with the Investor Guys. And my camera is a little bit uh, high there. Thank you. Uh, we were talking about foreclosures and how it's going to affect the market that we're moving into as investors. Um, one of the things that I I foresee, because I, I've heard people talking, investors talking, and I'm sure Bill has as well. A lot of people are fed up with investing. They're not investors who are in it for the right reasons. I, I, I say in it for the right reasons. It, we're, we're all in it because of the money. Okay, We're all in it because we love it. Um, a lot of people don't have the heart for it. They don't have the stomach for it. They did their numbers wrong. Uh, they're doing their strategies wrong, whatever it is. There's just different types of people out there. But I know people who are saying that they just would rather give up their building and, and not deal with it or give up their property uh, because they've got tenants that haven't paid their rent for almost a year now. Uh, and they just don't want the hassle. They think this is going to happen again. This is an anomaly. Okay. Could this happen again? Yeah. Uh, the likelihood of it being created to happen again is probably greater than it actually happening naturally. Um, but being prepared for that, this is something 
every hard surface, I tell people, every hard surface is something that puts another facet in your life, in your experiences. So if you understand how to overcome this, if you hedge your investments, as Bill and I did, uh, this isn't going to kill you. But I do know a lot of investors who just they literally they don't plan on paying their mortgages. They plan on losing their property or they plan on selling their property uh, or they're trying to sell their property now to get out what they can because they just don't want to be in the game anymore because they feel like they've been screwed by the government. They feel like they've been screwed by their tenants. Uh, they just don't want to be part of it. So as this foreclosure looms above us and i want to say looms is it, it's it's four percent as, as bill said but as we head into this cycle in our economy and in our, our market uh keep an eye out for people who do just want to get out okay mm -hmm. keep an eye out for people who perhaps the bank is giving them an opportunity to you know get caught up but the opportunity they want is to just get out of the property and go someplace else it's the easy thing for them to just go ahead and and, and take the default uh take the foreclosure take the forbearance and and go stay in an apartment or move to another market we've got a lot of people who've already moved to other markets and yep. they, they are trying to get rid of their house where they used to be so there are still going to be opportunities. Uh, this just needs to change our focus for how we're looking at it, where we're going to find them. So the other thing is think about uh, the market as a whole. We have been in a rip roaring market since 2012, the end of 2012, beginning of 2013. For us here in the Metroplex, December of 2012, which December is typically our worst month in the in the real estate business, in the traditional business. Um, it literally was like somebody reached over and flipped the switch. The market took off and we've been hot ever since. So we are due, we are overdue, we are long overdue a correction in the market, which would have happened whether there was anything going on with COVID or not, whether there was a lockdown or not. We are due that. We are past due that. So um, just know that this is going to happen. The market is going to cool off. This may fall right into it and it may give um, people something to blame the uh, changing real estate market to, but no. We have been changing. And when you look at the numbers behind the scenes and not just what you can pick up uh, in the news, when you look at the numbers behind the scene, the, the market has been changing and it's been preparing for a cool down. And it has to be able to do that to be able to get hot again. So when you look at us as investors, we make more money in a down market than we do a hot market. One, it's easier for us to find good quality deals. Um, if you've seen any of the webinars that I do on Thursday nights, then um, you may have seen David and Lorraine Ronquilla, who uh, are uh, clients of mine, and uh, we structured a seller finance deal for them where they bought a property and they initially were going to flip it. They were looking at it and they said, you know what? let's wholesale it and i said you know what don't why don't we wholesale it to an end user instead of another investor 
and you can kind of split the difference between what an investor might pay and what the retail price of the property would have been uh, if you rehabbed it. And within 10 days, they got it under contract, got a 10% down payment. Uh, they've had people in it for over a year now, and the people love the house. They love the people. And um, so a lot of those kind of selling opportunities are going to, to resurface as we move into the market correcting. You'll be able to find deals. So remember, there, there's always two sides of the market. Either deals are like they are now, you've got to hunt hard for them to find great deals, and you gotta know how to do that, but you can sell them in the blink of an eye, or you can walk out your yard, pick up a rock and hit 10 great deals, but selling them becomes the work part of our job. So when you get into that, we get into the other side of the market, a lot of very creative ways to be able to sell property. Uh, and that's where it falls back into our laps as investors. It's gonna be uh, a heck of a turn uh, as the market cools off. And if you're awake and paying attention, you're just sitting on pins and needles going, man, it's good now. It's about to get real good. Yeah, and here's the thing too, is indicators, indicators come in all different ways. And what a lot of people see as a negative indicator actually indicates something positive on another side. So you, now your markets are gonna be different. Everybody's market's gonna be different. But one thing I've noticed, we've, we, we, we got a place here in Palm Beach almost a year ago at this point. Um, I've been talking to people who are renting. They're renting apartments, okay? And they're telling me that their lease renewal was or is coming up and they're going to be paying $300, $200, $300 more a month. And this is just on a regular apartment. This isn't a high-end apartment or anything else uh, when they have to renew their lease because the demand has gone that much that they're being told, they're, they're saying, hey, you know what? I'm being told that market value is now $300 more than when I wrote this lease a year ago. And they're telling me if I'm gonna renew my lease, it's gonna be 300 or I'm gonna pay an extra 100, 150, $200 to go month to month, you know? That's crazy. Now, one thing I've noticed, okay, our market is exploding here. Our real estate market is absolutely blowing up, but if you look at the percentages of rental increases, our real estate market is not keeping up with that percentage of real estate of, of rental increase. That means that if I'm looking at buying a rental property, I'm actually sitting in a good position because my rents are going to be considerably higher than if I'd have bought that park that property a year ago. I could have bought that property a year ago for less, but the multiplier hasn't kicked in yet. So the value of that property hasn't kicked in as far as the purchase price, but as far as what I'm going to make on my returns, I'm literally making 100, 200, 300, $400 per unit more now this year than I would have just last year if I had purchased the property last year. Now I may have spent 20, 30, even $50,000 for less for that property last year, but I'm still getting a better deal by buying it now. And I still have less money invested in it in the next 10 years because I've got these greater rents. So market indicators point different directions for different things. A lot of people are like, wow, rents are up. It just shows that the market is up and it does. But 
it doesn't it, in this particular case it shows that it's not keeping pace both factors aren't keeping pace with each other yeah. uh, rents aren't going to go down okay in two years three years four years they're not going to say oh you know what we're going to reduce your rent that two three hundred four hundred five hundred dollars that we've raised it for the last couple of years okay it's going to stay there okay that means that i'm going to continue to make more and more and more because every year the rent may not may not go up a hundred bucks it may just go up with the rate of inflation okay right now it's it's market value they literally are telling these people this is market value for this unit this is what that rent's going to cost it's not the pace of inflation now as we kick into this high inflation that we're getting uh it it is going to be inflation uh, so you have to pay attention to what the market is telling you uh part of this is the foreclosures that we're seeing and we're coming up on a break i know that's why bill's making goo goo eyes at me it's not because he loves me um so we'll take a break and we'll be, we'll be back in a minute Bye, guys are you ready for a real estate investing program that is so powerful it is guaranteed a program that is backed by a double your tuition back guarantee if it cannot make you into a real estate investing millionaire. Learn more about the Guaranteed Millionaire Blueprint at guaranteedmillionaireblueprint.com forward slash webinar. That's www.guaranteedmillionaireblueprint.com dot com forward slash webinar one more time that is www.guaranteedmillionaireblueprint.com forward slash webinar learn more about how this powerful program can teach you all the strategies formulas and numbers that you need to put to work for you to turn you into a guaranteed real estate investing millionaire whether you are a new investor or seasoned investor wanting to add high-performing real estate properties to your investment portfolio, you should consider joining Bill Barnett and Kevin Mills at their next Real Estate Buyers event. Real Estate Buyers events are five powerful days aimed at putting performing properties into investors' portfolios. Learn from Bill and Kevin in markets where they actually invest. Learn the strategies they use, where to buy, what to buy, what not to buy. Actual resources and personnel on the ground to start building your team and supercharge your investing efforts. Learn more at realestatebuyersevent.com. That's realestatebuyersevent.com. We'll see you there. And we are back. So again, just, you have to look at the facts. You have to look at the numbers. You have to look at the information that's available to you. And a lot of times that means you have to do some homework, going out and finding that information, you know, find out where you're going to be able to get that information or how you're going to compile it for yourself. Um, but the better the information you have, the better the decisions you're going to be able to make. Turn it back over to you there, Wild Bill. Fun fact here, which has nothing to do with real estate whatsoever, but you have things in common with people. Kevin and I have a ton of stuff in common. And so today I was like, hey, I want to tell you about what I've been drinking lately. I've been drinking this uh, uh, orange flavored Perrier and <laughs> he picked his bottle up there. Yeah, me too. Uh, so without having any conversation, that's just kind of the things that happened. Uh, when you're on the same track and trying to figure out how you move forward, this is the, the 
one of the places that you want to be is listening to shows like this. Uh, and you may pick up a great tip like uh, orange flavored period. Uh, but and you know what, just to interrupt you really quick, those, those things that we have in common really run a lot deeper. Okay. Uh, mm -hmm. Bill is a very spiritual person. Um, I don't consider myself overtly religious, but, but I am spiritual. Um, Bill is, as a man of God uh, or a godly man, I guess I should say, uh, I grew up in a religious household. My dad was actually a minister, but it goes deeper in that Bill loves auto racing. Okay. Yeah. I love auto racing. These are things that we never talked about when we first met. We were just talking about real estate and money, okay, which we both love. That's that's our passionate core. Bill used to have a 928, one of his favorite cars. Yeah. Okay? I still have two Porsche 928s, uh, also some of my favorite cars. Um, Bill had a newer uh, BMW 6. I collect older BMW 6 series. Uh, there are just so many different parallels that we have discovered yeah. over this past year. That's uh, just just it's funny, but it's also ironic and it's also great. And you know what? I mean, it really just goes to show we're how interrelated we all are, but I mean, yeah. Bill and I are, are just like, like brothers from another yep. mother or something. So. Yep. Absolutely. And you know, it all started with, uh, Kevin was attending a training that I was doing in LA for Robert Allen. And, uh, he had a testimonial to give and he stood up and I'm like, Holy cow. That is a big dude. Uh, and so, and we just hit it off, man. Uh, and that was, gosh, 30 years ago? Uh, maybe, maybe like 20, 25, 20, 20, yeah. Yeah. So. Dating uh, ourselves. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Hey, now it beats the alternative of not being able to. <laughs> so, True. True. Uh, I actually wonder whether or not I should uh, throw some uh, just for men on my uh, graying, uh, goatee that I've added here over the last few weeks. Uh, <laughs> that was actually, you know what? I used to do the goatee a lot. In fact, if you look at my old promo pictures, I have the goatee, but it wasn't gray. Yeah. One of the reasons I stopped doing the goatee is because it was going gray and I didn't want to have to put that just for men in there all the time. So now I'm like being reminded of why I, uh, why for I years, years. In fact, when we met, uh, I was wearing a full beard years and years and years did that. Um, and, that it got to a point I was like, yeah, it's just, uh, I'm losing the battle with the, the gray. So, um, and about that time was, was when the Van Dyke, uh, which is what we both wear, uh, when Van Dykes became, uh, in vogue and, and so we just still continued. Now beards are back. I don't think you'll ever see me doing the, the billy goat beard. You know? No, and you'll never see me doing my, my son has that. I call him a civil war, uh, civil war soldier. Cause he's got that whole big hairy face thing and you will never, ever, ever, ever see me in a man bun. That just will not ever happen. So. Yeah. I don't have the, uh, not that I would, um, ever do that, but I also do not have the ability to do that. <laughs> I don't have the hair for that. If, so, if I ever have that ability, I, yeah. I will go bald before I'll do the band bun. I, I, so, a good day, a good, a bad day being bald is still better than a good day with a man bun. So, so what's going to happen for you as you build your real estate business is you're going to find like minded people like Kevin and I. You're, you're going to have that for you. And it's a great, great friendship that has lasted years because we have so much in common and that's the, what you're going to find. And many times it starts with real estate. So uh, it's one of those side benefits that we don't ever really talk about uh, in real estate, but that's why that you go to clubs. 
uh, you think you're going to the club because you want to find the latest, greatest information tip, and, and hopefully you're getting that from your club. But you're also going because you want to meet those like-minded people that you can have conversation with who are going to be able to share tips with you. Uh, and Kevin and I speak at clubs all over the country uh, on a regular basis, and we love it. We, we love the folks that go to clubs. Uh, you have to understand the, the and Kevin and I talk about the shiny penny theory all the time, and you've heard it. Uh, and that's the only thing that I'll caution you about when you go to the clubs is the shiny penny, because the people that run the club, their job is to have a profitable club. To do that, they bring in folks like Kevin and I. We'll come in and do a presentation and sell something at the end, and the club gets half the money and we get half the money. So the danger that that presents for you is that you don't stay focused on a particular piece of the business. So it's easy to come in and hear some guy talk about tax liens or some lady and you're like, oh man, that's, that's the greatest investing strategy on the planet and you buy a tax lien package. And then the next month, somebody comes in with multifamily and oh man, apartments, uh, I thought tax liens were great. Apartments are the only way to go. And then the next month, a flipper comes in and then the next month, a host center comes in and, it, and you're, you know, the next month it's somebody on probate and blah, blah, blah. And you don't stay focused on a track that puts profit and growth into your business. Yeah, you and the sad thing is, is a lot of these clubs will actually charge you $20 each time you come in for the, the opportunity for them to pitch you on another program. When you go to these real estate clubs, and I'm not saying they'll pay the $20, $20 is worth it if you are networking. I see so many people who've gone to these clubs and I know Bill has also, they go and they sit and they listen to whatever the presentation is. They like it, they don't like it, they leave. They don't network, they don't talk. Yep. The people in these meetings are local real estate investors, varying degrees of, of investment, experience okay but these are local real estate investors they will have tips for you they will have ideas for you uh, if you're just going and you're sitting to attend this thing thinking you're going to you know absorb inf information through osmosis you're not getting your twenty dollars worth okay um and real quick just not not really a plug this is something that bill and i have been talking about that we really need to get on and i'm, I'm actually working on it more locally at this point drep club dot org that's d-r-e-p club dot org that is the real estate club that i set up i don't even want to say how many years ago okay uh, i'm moving it online so that it'll be available online we are going to be doing uh local meetings in different places but whether or not you are locally able to go in person you're able to go and whatever we're doing that particular week you're going to be able to get it at d-r-e-p club.org stands for directed real estate professionals so directed real estate professionals drep club.org i will get on top of that in the next couple of weeks because like i said i'm doing some local things right now uh setting that club up on a local basis so anything that we're doing you'll be able to access that it doesn't cost you anything go there get some resources network as best you can online there will be other people there uh, anytime we have a presentation, we'll put Bill's presentations up there. We'll put my presentations up there. We'll put other people's presentations. They'll just be there. Watch the ones that you're interested in. Take advantage of the ones that you're interested in. Don't bother with the ones that you're not. Uh, this needs to be about you. This needs to be your, your direction, your path. This needs to be 
your goals. Don't let other people tell you what to do. You decide what you want to do based upon the information that is presented to you, which brings us full circle with where this entire thing started. Okay. Make your decisions based upon the information, valid, real information that you have. Don't just go chasing those shiny pennies. Don't just go listening to what somebody's opinion is without having some sort of statistics and real numbers to back it up. And we're not saying pick one thing and that's the only thing you ever do. No. We, we do all kind of stuff, but you start with one thing. And as you perfect that, so if it's flipping, if it's buying passive rental income, whatever it happens to be, focus on one area till you get it solid. And I don't mean you understand it solidly. I mean, you are practicing it very solidly and you've got a, a good base of income that's come off of that. And as you do that, then you can go in and say, hey, you know, maybe I do want to add uh, Section 8 to my portfolio. Maybe I do want to add tax liens. Maybe I do want to add multifamily. But you do those the same way. You add them one at a time. And once you get a solid footing there, then you can say, okay, if I want to bring in uh, storage buildings now, I have an interest in that, I can do that and not affect my overall growth and income in my company. And so this is, I, I love that name, Director of Real Estate Professionals, because the one thing that I caution investors about more than anything, and we're way over again, there's a That's shot. All right. uh, that I caution investors about all the time is they don't treat this business as a profession. They're very haphazard in their investing. They don't work at it. And if you will think of this as this is your company, this is what represents you out in the marketplace. And if you will treat it as the profession that it is, it will pay you unbelievably well, but it's also something that you'll be very proud of. And it's a legacy that you can build for your kids, your grandkids. It is. And, and you know what? One in closing, I want to share a story. This is a great story. I think I've, I've shared it with Bill before, but related to what we're talking about. Okay. Way back in the day, uh, there was a outfit called uh, Learning Annex. And I don't even know if they're still around or not, but Learning Annex used are. to, what's that? I don't think they are. I think they, um, they used to do great courses. They would have courses. They'd have a, a manual that would come out every single month of all the different courses there. They had a, where I was in Southern California, they had one for Los Angeles, they had one for San Diego. Uh, I used to do real estate courses myself, just as Bill did. Uh, and I did learning annex courses and learning annex courses were pretty much a day or two days. Uh, but it was, a, it was leading into a pitch for them to take one of the programs that I was doing. They used to do a real estate expo every single year in every single market where they had a learning annex office. The real estate expo was always headlined every single year by Donald Trump. He paid Donald Trump a million dollars per event to come and speak at these events. I was sitting in the green room with Robert Kiyosaki actually, and we were talking to Donald Trump. It was just before Donald Trump went, went up. And Robert actually was saying, you know, I don't know how you do it. He was talking to, to, to Donald Trump. I don't know how you do it. You've got your own stakes. You've got your own ties. You've got your own uh, 
line of wine. You've got your own this. You've got your own shoes. You got just your own line of everything. You know, he goes, I've always got all these different projects that I'm trying to work on, but I, I can never focus on all of them because I've got too many of them that's going on. And I put my hand up. I said, you know, me too. I've always got like 10 irons in the fire and it just seems like I'm always spinning my wheels to get traction on any of them. He said, you know what? He goes, you're not looking at it the right way. If you have 10 projects and you're giving each one of them equal time, you're only able to give each one of them 10% of your time. You're never going to get ahead giving it 10% of your time. They may all be great ideas, all 10 of them, but you need to take some of those irons out of the fire. You need to focus 100% of your time or 50% of your time on two. Okay, get those going. Find somebody to take them over or let them run themselves before you focus on that next project. Uh, he went on to say that, you know, we may think that we are doing this. We're the only person who can do this. OK, but if we've got 10 projects and we're giving it 10 percent of our time, if we put one person in charge of one of those projects and they're only giving it 50 percent of their time, they're still giving it 40 percent more than we are. So I'm not saying start building your staff of people to do all these different things. What I'm saying is, is choose the iron you want to master first. Okay. Get that set up so that it's taking care of itself. And when I say taking care of itself, it doesn't necessarily have to just be, you know, you turn your back on it and it continues to go. There are strategies that will, will work that way, but it could be that you've made enough money that you're able to hire somebody to continue that strategy, to manage that strategy for you while you go and work on mastering, putting together another strategy. Okay, it's going to be an additional line of income. Uh, one of the things that Robert Allen was big on for a while, and I know you remember this was multiple streams of income. And it's the same thing with real estate. If we've got multiple different strategies that we can rely on, no matter what happens in the market, if one of those strategies becomes weak, we still have other strong strategies that are feeding our income and supporting that strategy that's weak that particular that particular moment. So, don't get overwhelmed. Don't feel like you have to just do every single thing. Find one thing, focus on it, master it, move on to the next. So. Absolutely, brother. Anything you want to add before we get out of here? Nope. Great stuff nope. today. Thanks, everybody, for being with us. Your beach is calling to me, so I'm headed out there. There you go. I'll see you in a little. I'll see you in a couple of days. We'll see the rest of you guys on Tuesday. Have a great weekend. Learn more about the Investor Guys podcast, including upcoming events and appearances at www.investorguyspodcast.com. That's www.investorguyspodcast.com.